Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football advice, speculation, and whatever stupid stuff they decide to drop into the show. Now here's your host, Paul Charchian. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly. I'm Paul Charchian, my co-host as usual, Brian Johnson. Good day, Church. Good to talk to you as well. It's another edition centered around rookies as the draft gets a little bit closer. Last week we did quarterbacks. We encourage people to go back and listen to that one if you missed it. As we break down uh, players at a at a position leading up to the draft, and then uh, a couple of three weeks from now we'll uh, we'll be talking about the first round as we record on Fridays. So that'll be fun. Would you call this a a shallow running back class? Yeah, um, I don't know. We're going to talk about 10 guys who I think all have a chance to make an impact. I mean, all 10 of these, I think, have pro-level abilities to some degree. My 10th, you know, the 10th guy, I've got guy number 10. Eh, yeah, not as crazy about him. But I think I think the other nine I th- could could have an impact in the right situations. I do, too. So You're getting a lot of hate overall, I feel. Yeah, I think, crew, that, I think I, there's, you know why? It's because there isn't a... There isn't a, a Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley yeah. Saquon, or an Ezekiel Elliott at the top of the the first round to make people whoa, right? Um, but there's still some really good running backs in this class, and we're going to break them down. I want to start with this though. The I think there's still four ideal landing spots where any of these rookies could just walk in and become a workhorse back. Right. Miami. Yeah. You and I like Miles Gaskin, but I think I think if you know the right guy falls there, you know. I, I think he gets pushed to the background. I'm holding my breath as a, a, a guy who's rostering Miles Gaskin in hopes of leading me to the second year in a row in our Empire League so mm-hmm. I can take down the whole pot. So I've, I've survived free agency. Yeah, right. Now I'm going to be holding my breath on draft night. <laughs> exactly. Don't draft a running back, yeah. Miami. But, yes, that's a great spot, like yep. you said. Uh, the Jets, LaMichael mm-hmm. Pirine is not nah. is not going to be a starter. I don't believe somebody could walk in and take that job. Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know, Benny Snell is the only guy – Basically, and Anthony McFarland, Anthony the only guys McFarland, on yeah. roster, and they, unless but, they really show something different than they had last year, 
that's an that's a spot. And then you know Atlanta did sign Mike Davis, yeah. but I just think Mike Davis ideally is not the lead back. Probably not. So those are the four that I feel like somebody could just walk in and be a workhorse. Then there's a bunch of spots where somebody could walk in and be like a uh, a change of pace back, right. a, a regularly used number two back. Cincinnati, they cut Giovanni Bernard, so I think they, somebody could walk into that spot. Jacksonville needs somebody behind James Robinson. Denver signed Mike Boone, but they need somebody behind Melvin Gordon. I think Mike Boone can be a, a number two back. Kansas City, I think Daryl Williams is totally ordinary. Yeah. So I think that's a candidate. Uh, the Giants cut Wayne Gallman, so they need to, they need somebody behind. Yeah, they him. signed Devontae Booker, but yeah. Ah, yeah. Philadelphia behind Miles Sanders. I don't think Boston Scott is big enough to carry the, even as like a change of pace Ooh, load. They're bringing back Jordan Howard. Did you hear yeah, about that, though? <laughs> Whatever. Carolina behind Christian McCaffrey, uh, yeah. in part because uh, Mike Davis is gone. And then, you know, Arizona's really just got Chase Edmonds right now. Mm-hmm. So somebody needs to walk into that. And then San Francisco, where they're always rotate, you know, always rotation of backs, and they always need somebody healthy. And I think they, they've got to be frustrated with all the injuries to Raheem Mostert yeah. and, you know, Wilson and all, you know, oof. That's been a frustrating situation. So I think those are all 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 teams that are in play here. Agreed. All right, so let's uh, let's start with this from a, a purely fantasy perspective. The guy that is going first in rookie drafts that are being held now is Najee Harris. Yeah. Tell us tell us about him and what makes him as a prime candidate for a strong fantasy season. Yeah, most likely the the first running back to go on uh, NFL draft night two or maybe maybe day two for all we know. But uh, Najee Harris out of Alabama, uh, right now in best ball leagues, he's going around in like the ninth round, mid to late ninth round, which seems that's, like that's a, a bargain. Yeah, no kidding. We don't know where he's playing as of mm-hmm. right now, of course. But uh, great size, six two, two thirty, absolute bruiser. But that's not his only. That's not the only ace up his sleeve, the only trick in his oh. bag. He's got a whole bag of tricks. Uh, he's not Including just in good hands. Yeah, great hands as a receiver. Did you hear how he told uh, Todd McShay recently to uh, kiss his ass? Not indirectly, but he was getting interviewed, and someone told him how Todd McShay said he improved as a receiver. <laughs> Najee Harris said, Todd McShay can ki- ki- kiss my ass. And, I like uh, that. He's got a lot of But, like, McShay didn't say he was he, – he could have said he's really good and he got even better. Right. But yeah, uh, right, right. I, he's got a chip on his shoulder already, which I really like. But um, the most rushing touchdowns in college football last year, 26 rushing touchdowns in 13 games. And that uh, don't you think that's the thing that fantasy owners are really highlighting mm-hmm. with Harris is he is a goal line back for sure. He is. But like you said, though, he can catch the ball. He was third in target share among running backs in this year's draft class uh, last year. So he, he's got bell cow potential written all over him. Now, when it comes to dynasty, he is sort of old, quote yeah, unquote, yeah, old. Right. It's, yeah, Just turned there. 23 yeah. uh, in March. Uh, but he's the most complete back in this class. And uh, yeah, right now, if I'm doing a best ball draft or even a redraft league, I'm getting him in the ninth round. I don't care if he goes to the Jets, which is probably the, the least ideal landing spot. But, uh, yeah, Najee Harris going to be the, the first running back taken in most fantasy drafts, most likely in uh, in the reality draft. Yeah, depending on where he lands, right. yep, and which is a huge X factor for all these guys. If you go into the wrong spot and you're going to be, you know, in a workhorse situation like A.J. Dillon last week, that really would change – or last year, that would change things a lot. Now, the guy, I think – can uh, out potentially outperform Harris from a fantasy standpoint is one of the two University of North Carolina runners. Mm-hmm. And the first is Javante Williams, who's set up much more like Harris. Javante Williams is a 
brutally hard-running, violent, attacking back who welcomes contact and leaves defenders battered for having insulted him by trying to tackle Javante Williams. He's got remarkable balance. So you have these big contact moments where Williams lowers his shoulder, but he just powers through. I mean, he's just the balance is unfazed by the hits that he takes and, and doles out, and then he just keeps going. He's got remarkable burst and acceleration for a full-bodied runner, and he is a, he is a bigger back. It's not gigantic. He's not a bowling ball. Um, he led all of college football in broken tackles last year per pro football focus. 75 broken tackles last wow. year. You know, he only played seven games. I mean, you know, he's breaking 10 tackles a game. It's crazy. And just ideal size for a power running back. He isn't, he's just, he's well built and he's strong and he's, but he's not overly huge, which is, I just think, perfect. And I, there's so much to like about Javante Williams. Now, the only knacks on him, he only performed at this level last year. And he can catch, but he's not a natural you know, ball catching back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think his top end speed is just okay. He's better with the short, the short burst and acceleration. Um, when he gets into the open field, he's not necessarily just going to run away from a cornerback or a safety. And still, uh, Javante Williams will get goal line carries. And Brian, I think, ideally suited for fantasy play. And if he falls into the right spot, he could be the first overall running back taken in fantasy drafts. Yeah, talk about a discount right now in best ball. He's uh, RB26 right now. We want a couple rounds after Najee Harris, uh, yeah. after Melvin Gordon right now. Who would you rather have right now? I know. If you're drafting Melvin Gordon or Javante Williams. Javante Williams. Right. Yeah, Williams all day. I, I agree with that. Let's go, to our, uh, let's go to our next running back, Travis Etienne. And for Travis, it's he was a – a highly publicized, well-known commodity coming out of Clemson, and boy, the speed! Yeah, uh, remarkable. He's uh, probably not the fastest running back when it comes to pure speed in the draft, but at four four in the forty, he's pretty very close. fast, pretty close. And uh, he, most people thought he was going to turn pro last year, yeah, but he he yeah. came back for his senior season at Clemson, um, where he set the. Uh, it was over the course of his career, but he's the NCAA's all-time leader now in total games with a touchdown for skilled players. That's, a, that's remarkable. Yeah, wow. and uh, he's got pretty good size too, 5'10", 215. He's not a he's not a house, but he's not undersized no, by any means. And uh, like you said, great speed, um, career 7.2 yards per carry, an excellent receiver, pretty much the whole package. Mm-hmm. There are some concerns around his pass protection, but we hear that about plenty of most yeah most rookies even rookies or even seasoned vets so uh etn with Najee harris and javante williams they're kind of in that top Top tier the top three tier and uh yeah javante williams or you really could pick any one of these guys first overall among rookies etn is actually going a little earlier than williams and right after Najee harris but like we said they're, they're they're lumped uh right there together and uh they can all immediately produce this here in the right spot, and their their future outlook in Dynasty is very, very bright. ETN's just the the acceleration and the burst. It's track star level stuff, Brian. And you know, you, you where I think he where he's not as great is moving laterally is not his strong suit. He's more of a track star, you know, straightforward uh, runner, north south runner. But 
he's going to be good everywhere, and just he's got some special traits that suggest he's going to he's going to break a lot of big plays in the NFL. Yeah, and then to throw in uh, most yards after contact over the last two seasons in college football, ETN was second. That's amazing. And I, I won't if, mention who was first. I'm gonna he's gonna be a bonus guy at the very end. You're okay, not, it's someone you're not gonna expect. Okay. And, uh, right, I'm very intrigued by this guy, by the way. But anyway, we'll get to him later. Now, I just uh, I was just earlier talking about Javante Williams from University of North Carolina. They have another running back who's fascinating, and it, this is not a case where North Carolina had like the big bruising back that Javante Williams is, and then the scat back. No, they had they had two pretty well put together, solidly built backs. Michael Carter being the second of those. Now he's he's short. He's five foot eight. He's two hundred pounds. Um, but at five foot eight, two hundred, that two hundred isn't spread across like a guy who's five foot eleven. So he's still actually pretty well built, despite being on the shorter side. Michael Carter is um, still a tad lightweight for the position, but he is so shifty. And the amazing footwork that he's got. He's got a hip swivel that unlocks just this crazy elusiveness. And he's very hard to get a clean shot on Michael Carter. He's got a compact running style with short strides and a remarkable jump cut that I think gets released by that compact running style. Great in traffic. And when things are really hairy, he's got this great vision. He picks his spots. He changes his direction. He makes his jump cut, and he comes out of this pack of defenders. You know, how did that even happen? Great top-end speed. He will run away from other players, and he catches really well. North Carolina would throw downfield to Michael Carter, and I don't mean like five yards in the flat. I mean 25 yards downfield they're throwing to Michael Carter. And... um. Worst case, worst case to me about Michael Carter is he is a Tariq Cohen. And I think that's a, I think that's a fair NFL comparison, but his best case is that he gets a lot more running work than Cohen has ever gotten and ends up being a better, and I think he's just a better pure runner than Cohen is. You know, now Carter's only really produced at a high level one year last year and same with Javante Williams from UNC. Um, But and he's a senior here, but I still think he's got some really special traits, and I, I I love what he could do for PPR leagues. And Michael Carter is a guy that's going you know really late in drafts, and I think has the, the potential, again, to be a, a PPR stalwart. Nice. Michael Carter. Let's go to the poorly named Chuba Hubbard. Now, yeah. he should have been Chuba Hubbard. I know. How do you not name if – you, if you've got to the point where you got C-H-U-B-A, how do you not go C-H-U-B-B-A and let him be Chuba Hubbard? That'd be the coolest name ever. You know why they fail? Because he's Canadian. They they're, they don't do it exactly no. right when it comes to nomenclature up in uh, Canada. But Canadian-born Chuba Hubbard out of Oklahoma State, 6 feet, 210 pounds, now, this is the track star, literally a former track star. Mm-hmm. Uh, ran a 4.36.40 on his pro day, uh, lightning fast, the fastest time clocked by a running back, probably by any player, I would imagine. Um, most yards after contact over the last two seasons, I just mentioned Travis Etienne was second. Chuba Hubbard was third. Uh, so, great player. There are some concerns with him, not only in his pass protection, but also his pass catching abilities. Mm. He's not an elite receiver, yeah, maybe average at best. So there's some concerns uh, with his bell cow potential there. And right now in fantasy, he's going off the board around RB5 and redraft in the mid-15th round. But mm-hmm. 
I don't like to put a whole lot of stock into mock drafts for the NFL, but I've been seeing him sliding recently yeah. in favor of some other guys. So there are some concerns, like I said, with the pass protection, the pass catching, a little undersized. The six feet is tall, and the 210 is a little light for it, a running it back. It is. It is. Which is a little concerning, but he's blazing fast, and uh, he he probably is not a guy that's going to tote ball 80% of the time for a team, but he can be a factor uh, in a one-two punch, and if given significant touches, he he has the potential to be a he's very got, fancy he's got breakaway. Player. He's got yeah. breakaway speed. Uh, what I worries me about Chuba Hubbard is that he runs – upright like a track star because he is a track star and when you're six foot and you're running upright you're giving defenders a lot of body to hit you with yeah. and and to and i think and he's not that physical of a guy so i think he's going to i think he's going to absorb a lot of hits and i don't know that i don't know that he's a tackle breaking type of player uh, a, a comp i've heard a lot and you're you're going to hate this but it'll it'll be a blast from the past is uh tap dancing nancy chris johnson oh well, well chris johnson had a pretty yeah, solid career he but, did but, but it, he was it, a tap dancing nancy it, uh, he he peaked and he certainly fell off a cliff pretty quick by uh, peaking at that 2000 yard rushing season but uh that's one of my favorite ffw <laughs> nicknames of all time yep, is the one. tap dancing Nancy Chris Johnson we'll take a break when we come back the other five running backs you need to know fantasy relevant running backs that you need to know heading into the draft it's fantasy football weekly at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome back. Paul Charchin and Brian Johnson with you talking through the rookie running backs fantasy owners need to know, get familiar with. And the next one up is a guy I'm fascinated by, Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis. He was an opt-out from last year. Where he's really interesting is that he's going to be a jack-of-all-trades type guy. And a lot of times these guys don't end up panning out into anything. If you don't have a position you're great at, mm -hmm. sometimes you just don't get on the field. Lynn Bowden from last year, right, mm -hmm. was a guy that was, hey, is he a running back or is he a receiver? We really don't know for sure. And that's a, that worries me a little bit about Kenneth Gainwell, that he could fall into that. But he's got some really special traits. And he's such a good receiver that I think he gets on the field 
and can be a PPR helper in the right spot. So he looks and runs like a track star, but he doesn't quite have track star top end speed, but he's another un- upright runner like Chuba Hubbard. Uh, he's got the burst of a track star. And he's got really good footwork and lateral movement, which you don't always get out of track star runners who oftentimes are really very north-south oriented. Gainwell can go move laterally very well. He's got a nice one-cut move. But the big thing here is that he catches so well. And they line him up at wide receiver at Memphis. He has tons of game-breaking plays against you know, suspect defenses that Memphis played. But um, a lot of people think he's just going to play the slot. He might end up being a slot receiver in the NFL. Well, that's where Antonio Gibson went. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. to Memphis, and there was the same concerns with him, right? Coming it out, out last year, it turned out just fine. Yeah. Well, so yeah. far, so far, so good for him. Um, only three drops on 60 targets last year, which is a pretty good rate for a running back. And so he's got the hands to be requisite of it. Just not sure where he's going to fit in that way. Again, I think he needs the right spot, and then he needs to get utilized. So Kenneth Gainwell's got upside in the right in the right place, but. He's got the downside of Lynn Bowden from last year. Let's go to our next runner, which is Jamar Jefferson. And Jamar Jefferson out of Oregon State uh, declared for the draft a year early. We'll we'll forego his senior season. One of the youngest running backs in this class turns 21 next week, so that's great from a dynasty perspective. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like most, he only played in six games last year, uh, but started out hot four straight games, over 100 rushing yards, finished with more rushing yards than he had his entire sophomore season, which was a full season. So yeah. he, he really produced last year in those six games for a really bad Oregon State team, by the way. Um, Jefferson's no gain slash loss run percentage. Okay. This is a stat that depicts the percentage of runs that are stopped at yeah, the line of scrimmage or for a loss. Yeah. Was fourth best among draft eligible running backs. So uh, That's pretty good. He, he's great among the leaders in positive runs on his rush attempts. Uh, some worry about his size. 5'10", 210 pounds, a little oh, light. Oh, that's fine. Nah, little light. He that's put on fine. like five more pounds, hopefully. But uh, he's a pretty sound all-around back. Good vision, good lateral speed, can get to the edge quick. He has good bursts, but some are concerned with his long speed mm-hmm. in terms of someone's going to catch him from behind on a long run. Okay. But uh, he's a very able receiver as well. He does have bell cow potential. I don't think he has the talent to go in and like usurp a starting NFL running back, but if given the opportunity, I think uh, he can be a fine producer. And uh, again, you hear this a lot, some concerns about his pass protection per pro football focus. Jefferson ranked 87th in pass Ugh. protection efficiency for running backs. Okay. But again, Oregon State's a really bad team. I don't care how good your pass protection is a running back if you're, the rest of the offensive line, you know, is mm-hmm. letting everyone, everyone else get free run at your quarterback. So Jefferson is a guy that a little polarizing in a sense. He's way down on some people's list, maybe like yeah. RB 12, 13. But right now he's going off RB 8 uh, in best ball league. So uh, a guy I'm keeping my on, eye on more than most, Jermar Jefferson. Okay. Uh, my next running back is Kylin Hill from Mississippi State, pro- currently projected to go in probably uh, he'll be a day three guy, maybe the back end of day three. But that doesn't mean that he, he can't, that Kylin Hill can't play a role in the NFL. Now he's a slimmer back and he's a, and in, in, in for a slimmer back, he's got remarkable tackle breaking and even physical play abilities. And he has the explosiveness to be a factor in the NFL. Now, when I looked at his game, I'm like, you know, you're looking for these guys that are going to go round six, round seven. I'm trying to find, is there any one thing in their game that can keep them on the field? 
And it's the explosiveness for Kylan Hill because he's got he's got a lot of that. He's super creative when he gets to the second level. And you'll see these runs when you look when you look through Kylan Hill's tape, where when he gets past the line of scrimmage and he's in that linebacker level, he's so fast and he's making people miss and it's creating all kinds of chaos and confusion as he's as he's changing and cutting and players are running around just trying to find him. And it's he was really good at the next level. Now he only played three games last year with Mississippi State, but he caught 23 passes in the three games. You know, if we're at eight catches a game, yeah, that's another special trait that tells me that Kylan Hill can get on the field. He's got a very good stiff arm move as well. Um, there are parts of games that, that, are, that are not great. Um, he gets moved laterally. He runs high. He gives defenders a big target. There are things that I don't love about his game, but he's got some traits. Kylan Hill has traits that can get him on the field. And again, I think he's got some PPR upside to him as well. Let's go to our next running back, and that is Khalil Herbert. Not to be confused with Justin Air Bear. No, so we, this we have, is no Air Bear. He's a ground bear. Correct. Uh, not necessarily built like a bear, not huge, uh, around 210, but he is fast. Uh, ran a 4.46.40 on his pro day uh, out of Virginia Tech, by the way. I failed to mention that. Uh, Herbert, I, I was tempted to say air bear there. Herbert led the ACC in combo yards last year, and per pro football fo- focus, um, he was second only behind Najee Harris in yards after contact on rushes among draft-eligible running backs. Mm, okay, So uh, that's very uh, impressive. That being said, Virginia Tech had a very dominant offensive line, yeah. and uh, there's some concern that that contributed to a good portion of Herbert's success, <laughs> but he looks really good on tape, great vision, great footwork, only had 34 receptions in five years in college. I believe he was at Kansas for four years, and then he, he was eligible to play at Virginia Tech last yeah. year, fifth year. He was never the guy at Kansas, so kind of a late bloomer, mm-hmm. which... How, I'd be worried. How old is is Khalil? He's Herbert? probably uh, twenty three. Yeah, right. Turning twenty four soon. Yeah. So his he, his breakout age is pretty late, if you want to call it a breakout. Running behind a a very good offensive line, but um, he again not undersized, but he doesn't have the size and durability to be a bell cow, probably. But if given the opportunity, fifteen twenty touches a game in a good. But good scheme. He's a very good schematic runner, basically. Yeah. Great vision, great footwork. So in, in a good spot, he can thrive like he did at Virginia Tech. Of course, the NFL is a whole nother level, but Khalil Herbert, keep your eye on him. All right, for our final guy, I'm actually going to make it two guys, both in the Big Ten, who I don't like, that I don't think are going to help, that it will get drafted, but I don't think are going to help fantasy players. That is Ohio State's Trey Sermon and then Michigan's Chris Evans. I don't like either one of these at the NFL level, and I'll tell you why. First for Trey Sermon. Um, I don't think he – I did not see any special traits, particularly special traits for him. He's not fast. He's a bit tall for the running back position and gives the defenders a big target to hit. He ran behind it. You know, these amazing offensive lines, first at Oklahoma, and then he transferred to Ohio State, and these offensive lines opened up big holes for him. I think he, his athleticism is just average. He was rarely used in the passing game. I, to me, Trey Sermon feels like an NFL backup. He is, to me, he's the, a third or fourth back in the NFL, and I, I just didn't see any special traits watching him that make me feel like he's going to contribute. And then Michigan's Chris Evans, who a lot of people think could be drafted as early as like round four or five, I didn't see a lot here that I loved either. Um, he is a three-down back with solid hands, and I think that's why he'll get drafted and why he'll end up being in the NFL. He's got a little wiggle, um, but just I just didn't see any remarkable traits with him. Lackluster speed, 
Ran behind a very good offensive line again, a lot like Trey Sermon. He got suspended due to academic reasons for the 2019 season. Recorded only 16 carries over the past two years. That's also a big red flag. He's going to be 24 years old as a rookie. And there's some there's some running backs that are already on the downside of their career at 24. And never really improved after his very good rookie year, Chris Evans did. And you you know, you your hope as a rookie, your kid's going to get better, sophomore, junior. Right. We really didn't see that. I just, to me, I, I see what looks to me like a backup who's in the NFL for a couple of years from Chris Evans. Let me throw one more guy out there really quick. I, You know, I, I there's a guy, I, ho- I don't know who you're going to throw out right now. I hope it is Ramondre Stevenson. No, it's not, not him. And, uh, and I was going to say like him Stevenson. and Eli- Elijah, Elijah Mitchell, another guy, a, a bubble guy, we can call him, mm-hmm. but we're not going mi- to. I want to talk about... Jarrett Patterson. Now I, I reference anything about Jarrett Patterson. I reference the most yards after contact over the last two seasons yeah. stat a couple times. Where Jarrett did he play? Patterson out of Buffalo. Okay. Led this category ahead of Travis Etienne, Chuba Hubbard, and Brees Hall. Jarrett Patterson, though, is five foot seven. What? 190 pounds. <laughs> He's like Darren Sprolesian. But in just six games last year, he had over 1,000 yards and 19 touchdowns. Wow. He had eight touchdowns and 400 yards in one game. Wow. I don't know. He's small, right? But he's an intriguing name that I'm just keeping my eye on, Jarrett Patterson. I, people are concerned about the size, but put on a little more weight. A 5'7", that's a, a tough guy to tackle at times if he's got moves. And the most yards after contact in college football over the last two seasons. And I know he played at Buffalo. That's not, well, a, that's that's not that's a power that, five school. Well, no, still, neither was Toledo. Right. And, you yeah, know, so uh, there's there's a lot of there are, there are a lot of runners who've come out of mid tier schools that end up end up being pretty pretty darn good. Now now our our own Matt Harrison and for those who don't know, it's Matt with one T. He should be a big fan of Jarrett Patterson because he's it's a Jarrett one T. with one R and one T. Oh wow, J A R E T. Right to the point with Jarrett. So Ramondi Stevenson. Yeah. From Oklahoma, dude is just big, built for goal line use, an absolute tank. He cuts hard. He breaks tackles. He's a violent runner. And a lot of people think he's not even going to get drafted in the NFL. And I'm looking at him going, that guy has, he's got, again, he's got some of the special traits that I'm trying to look for, Mm -hmm. the guys that could translate to the NFL. And just the power running alone should put him on rosters. And I'm I'm really intrigued by him. Um, he's a name I've seen some guys pretty high on, mm-hmm. you know, around running back 7, 8, and others he's running back 13, 14, right. 15. So, right. yeah, he's, he's a polarizing prospect for sure. He but I'm, I'm, I'm leaning on your side more. Ramondre Stevenson. I, I'm I'm very interested to see what uh, where he lands and what role he could have. All right, thank you for listening to Fantasy Football Weekly. Uh, next week, wide receivers. We'll break down receivers and uh, the rookie receivers in particular. And it's, wow, I mean – Chase and Waddle and Smith and Rashad Bateman and Rondell Moore. I mean, it's a ton. There could be six receivers taken in the first round again. You know, last year was so deep at receiver, and here we are a year later, and it's almost as deep. You think one will go before Kyle Pitts? (laughs) No. No, I don't. And they shouldn't. And then Kyle Pitts will be in two weeks. We'll talk about the tight end position. I'd have to look it up, but this wouldn't be the first time a tight end was selected before any wide receiver. I don't think. Vernon Davis went very early on when he was Jeremy Shockey went early. He did too. Yep. Um, I, yeah, we'd have to. I'll look know, into probably, that for next week. Probably not very often, but I, that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Or at least two weeks from now when we do the tight, the rookie right, tight end. Right Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye.
Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.